The gospel reading for this morning comes from Mark's gospel, beginning in the sixth chapter at the first verse. Mark wrote these things. Jesus went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about the villages teaching. And he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two. And he gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. And he said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you and they will not listen to you, when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Oh God, your church is composed of people just like me. I help make it what it is. It will be friendly if I am. Its pews will be filled if I help fill them. It will do great work if I work. It will make generous gifts to many causes if I am a generous giver. It will bring other people into its worship and fellowship if I invite and bring them. It will be a church where people grow in faith and serve you if I am open to such growth and service. Therefore, with your help, O Lord, we will dedicate ourselves to the task of being all the things that you want your church to be. Open our ears, our minds, and our hearts to your word for us this day. Amen. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it's a wonderful movie, and I would recommend it to you. It's called Oh God. And in the movie Oh God... John Denver plays a store manager who meets God, who is played by George Burns. Now John Denver gets a letter telling him that he's been called to meet with God, and he thinks it's just a big joke, but he goes to the designated meeting place anyway. And there's just an empty room and the voice of God. But he really wants God to show God's self. So reluctantly... God appears, looking quite a lot like George Burns. 
And God stands there as an old man with thick glasses dressed in baggy pants, tennis shoes, a windbreaker, and a golf hat. And John Denver stares, mouth open. And God replies, Well, what did you expect? I think we've got some of that in our story for today. Because you see, Jesus goes back to his hometown. And he goes to the synagogue on the Sabbath and he stands up to teach. But the townspeople, they're offended that this one who had grown up among them should presume to teach them anything. Isn't this the carpenter, they said? Don't we know his family? What does he know about anything? You know, I've heard it said that an expert is someone who is at least 40 miles from home and has a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> now, Jesus was at home, and he had no graphics. Now, their familiarity with Jesus and his background made the hometown folks very unreceptive. And we read that Jesus could do no deeds of power there because of their unbelief. It was a wonderful effort, but really Jesus experienced his first taste of failure. Now you know these associations with the past, family, hometown, synagogue, the way we have always done it, they won't determine the future. They make up the status quo, which ultimately will be overturned by the reign of God. Because, you see, in this Jesus movement, it is the future, not the past, which determines our actions in the present. In Mark's Gospel, this is Jesus' last appearance in a synagogue. Here in the synagogue, an icon of tradition, his kinfolk express their suspicion of his deeds of power, because to them, He's just a mere carpenter, the son of Mary. Just where did he get those things? Certainly not from us. They did not have faith, meaning that they were not willing to follow in the way of Jesus, which in turn meant that Jesus could do no works of power among them. So I have a question for you. How many psychologists does it take to change a light bulb? Only one, but the light bulb has to want to change. <laughs> and Jesus accepts his rejection with the observation that prophets are often without honor among their own people. So then, of all things, Jesus calls his disciples to him, and he sent them out to proclaim the message, and to have authority and cast out demons. See, they were now a new community with a specific mission. They were sent and given authority. So he sends them out in twos. And they were allowed means of travel, sandals and a staff, but they weren't allowed stuff for day-to-day -day nourishment. They go out entirely dependent on the hospitality of those that they will encounter out there. Note also, please, that they will be going to homes. Some homes, though, like Nazareth, 
would not receive them or hear them. And in that case, the disciples were to shake the dust off from their sandals as a witness against them. Opponents were not to be fought. Rather, the Jesus movement avoids them and leaves them to their own devices. Shake off the dust lets it be known that they are opponents. It witnesses against them. And this isolates whatever opposition there might have been while keeping the movement positive and ever moving forward. It is very interesting to me that on the heels of this rejection by people who knew him best, Jesus sends the disciples out on their first mission. Now imagine, having, what, having witnessed what they just witnessed, they were probably lacking a bit of self-confidence. They'd just come from Nazareth and watched as Jesus had been rejected. But what did Jesus do? He didn't sit and complain to his disciples about the narrow-minded people of Nazareth. Instead, he gives his followers a bit of a pep talk and some very basic instructions. And then he gave them his authority and sent them out to do miracles of healing that he had already been doing. He could have done something very different. He could have reminded them that he was the son of God, that they would always only be his helpers. He was in charge. He could have had them waiting on him, running and fetching, carrying messages, acting like first-class aides for the boss. He could have done that, but he didn't. What he did do was transfer his power and authority to them. He trusted them. He sent them out with almost no training to heal the sick, and they actually did it. So I think we have to ask, what happened? What happened between the frustration at Nazareth and this first successful mission? Something changed. And I really think what happened was something like this. Jesus called together this group of men who had been his friends from the start of all this. And he said to them, I need you. The harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few, I need you. I can't do this by myself. It's time for you to get going. And then he probably looked at each of them, put his hands on their heads, prayed over them. I imagine they probably got goosebumps and shivers. And then he gave them his authority so that they would have power over diseases and demons. And when he had finished with them, they probably sensed that something pretty big had changed. They could probably feel it in their bones. So they went out and healed people and cast out demons. And I think they surprised everyone, probably mostly themselves. So now I want you this morning to just imagine that happening here. Jesus looking you in the eye, touching you, praying over you, giving you his authority. And then he starts calling out names and sending you out. Jeff, go to Detroit. Ed the Fed, go to Philadelphia. 
Craig, go to Dayton. Sue, go to New York. Travel light, folks. Folks will give you what you need when you ask. People will help because they will see that you relied on God rather than the stuff in your cupboards or your freezers, on your laptop or in your computer. Just tell folks about the kingdom, clean up the outcasts, cure diseases, raise the dead. Of course, it usually doesn't happen that way here. But it does happen. Every Sunday, folks, you're sent out from this place with a blessing. And the knowledge, I hope, that you are entering the mission field. You need to know today that Jesus believes in each and every one of you. He sends you out into the world. And he knows that you can do more good than you ever possibly imagined. So I triple dog dare you this morning to just let it happen. Amen.